Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboys, they're always around to help build your hope up and help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Blaze and Ride Backstage, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the special Thursday night edition of the Backstage Program. Tonight on the show, we've got the effervescent John Weeks and the cantankerous uh, Tom Fogarty. So uh, I, I want to talk a lot about things with John Weeks tonight, but I first I need to find him. All right, so let's break you off with a little taste of David Bowers as Charles Ramsey, and we'll be right back with Great Hope with the man himself, Mr. John Madden, John Weeks. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Walk me through again what happened this afternoon. You heard screaming. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I heard screaming. I'm eating my McDonald's. I come outside and I, I see this girl going nuts, trying to get out of her house. So I go to the porch and she says, help me, help me get out. I've been in here a long time, you know. So I figure it's a domestic violence thing. So I open the door, and we can't get it that way because, you know, how the door is, it's, it's too much like a body can't get through, only your hand. So we kick the bottom, and she comes out with a little girl, and she says, call 911. My name is Amanda Berry. Now, do you know who that was when she said that? When she told me, I, I it didn't register until I, I got to call 911, and I'm like, I'm calling 911, you know, for, for Amanda Berry? And I thought, this girl was dead. You know what I mean? And she got on the phone, and she says, yeah, this is me. And the detective, Gregory Cook, he, he says, Charles, do you know who you rescued? And I, I said, I said. Now, when did you see Gina? About, well, about five minutes after the police got here. See, that girl Amanda told the police I ain't just the only ones. It's some more girls up in that house. So they're going up there, you know, 30, 40 deep. And when they come out, it was just astonishing because I thought, like, you know, they, they'd come up with nothing. I figure, I mean, whoever she was, and I say, like, like my neighbor, like, you've got to have some big testicles to pull that off, bro, because we see this dude every day. I mean, every day. How long have you lived here? I've been here a year, you know. You see where I'm coming from? I barbecue with this dude. We eat ribs and whatnot, and we listen to salsa music. You see where I'm coming from? And you had no indication there was any kind of foul play or anything? Not a clue, bro, not a clue. That girl was in that house or anybody, and not a clue she was in the house or anybody else in there against their will, but because, well, you know how he is, he just comes out in the backyard, he plays with the dogs, tinkers with his cars and motorcycles, he goes back in the house, so... He's somebody you look at and you look away because he ain't doing nothing but the average stuff. See what I'm saying? Ain't no exciting thing about him, well, at least not till today. <laughs> what was the reaction on the girls' faces? I can't imagine to see the sunlight, to be around people. Well, bro, I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl run into a black man's arm. Something is wrong here. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. <laughs> 
Charles. Thank you very much for your time. And well, it's either she's homeless or she got problems. You know, that's that's the only reason why she run to a black man. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Ramsey, thank you so much for your time. Oh, C. David Powers, brilliant as always, sir. Brilliant, sir, brilliant. My pleasure, my pleasure. Always a pleasure to come join you. There he is, the David Bowers as Charles Ramsey. Check him out on the David Bowers Awards Sunday afternoons on your Black Talk Radio. And I'd like to introduce my co-host for tonight. She was nominated for 18 Emmy Awards before she finally won for all my children. Susan Lucci. Susan, how are you? Good, good, very good. Susan Lucci, yeah. I'm glad <laughs> to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what's the deal with mate? Hey, mate. <laughs> it's, never, it's never been quite as... Chanty as that before. You're like, hey, <laughs> that's how it sounds like like a call and response to that. <laughs> we gotta get Mind Drew in here for that. I wonder. Great it'd great. be funny if like the 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 call was was the hey, and then the response was this. <laughs> Incoherent, like, yeah, it's very tribal. I love it. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. I've been working on it for a long, long time. Long time. <laughs> so I, uh, I went to uh, see that new Owen Wilson and, and Vince Vaughn film, the internship on Tuesday night uh, with Robert Biederman. Now, John Weeks, I met Robert Biederman in Los Angeles through Julian, although Rob Biederman did go to Syracuse, uh, but he graduated uh, before I did. And you know what my issue is with my friends who are over 35? So what's this issue? They still call me. I need them to stop calling me. They won't stop call- It's like, you know, we have these amazing devices now where we don't have to talk to each other anymore. And that would be wonderful <laughs> if they would just stop calling, you know, cause then it, it just takes longer and you can't, it's much easier for me to sort things out via text or email than on the phone. And every time I try to like say, I text him, Oh, what are you doing tonight? And it could just be a simple answer. And then he'll, he'll call me. It drives me nuts. <laughs> you know what? Who does that anymore? Who calls? It's the only other people who call me, uh, other than my uh, 35 and above friends, are my grandparents. Nobody does it otherwise, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 come on now. You know, it's so much easier to get things done through text or email. It's just, uh, you know, who does that anymore? It, it, it's kind of annoying, i got to say. Maybe it's better that we're not friends with these people. Uh, that way, you know, we don't have to worry about phone calls. It's interesting that you say these friends over 35 and then the grandparents, but there's no, everyone in between, like your parents, they're all texting, texting away. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My parents text me all the time. It's it's so much easier, you know, uh, it, versus, the, you know, if I'm going to say goodnight, just say goodnight. That's it. You don't have to make a phone call that, that lasts half an hour to 40 minutes and people get confused about what you want to do. It, it's uh, <laughs> Maybe they should get rid of calling altogether. Maybe phones should not be... You know, maybe they should just 
stop calling, you know, a phone company. That's it. Just texting and well, email. That's I mean, it. isn't that isn't that what AT and T's done all this time? There's they work on everything but the actual phone. Wasn't it? Lewis Black said, uh, I, I, I need an app to make this thing a phone. <laughs> I, I, I think Lewis Black is correct. I think that's the final plan for phones. Not to make phone uh, calls anymore. <laughs> miserable fuck Marta. So we go to the movie the other night and we oh you know what else bothers me about friends my friends who are over 35 if they even if they know that i'm with other company and i'm texting them that you know i'm busy right now i but i'll meet up with you later just let me know when they'll call because they think it's easier that way but it makes it so much more difficult because they i, I have to step away from the friends that i'm actually with step away and and actually speak to the person on the phone like i'm in the 1990s it's really frustrating <laughs> you know, I, 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 there was a funny occasion today where there was a 35-year-old uh, plus guy trying to talk to his buddy, you know, who was probably 20, 25 plus, 25. And uh, it was similar to that because this guy, you know, the 25-year-old guy went to go uh, help him unplug his computer because he couldn't get to it. and uh, and there, But the 35-year-old guy had a question for him. And uh, so, you know, so the guy, you know, while the 25-year-old guy's unplugging his computer, helping him out, the guy has a question for him, and the 25-year-old guy's too busy to answer the question. So 35-year-old guy's getting very annoyed with this guy who can't multitask. He's like, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? You can't, can't, can't unplug my computer and answer my question. It's like he wants the attention right away on everything, and it's just like he wants the guy to, to, to stop doing whatever he's doing and uh, listen to what he's doing right away. And then he doesn't listen to him, so he uh, further annoys him, the 35-year-old, and calls the 25-year-old guy on the phone. <laughs> five feet away. He's five feet away. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they don't know what they're doing. It's like it's just this age group, like like 35 to 42, are just terrible, terrible people. They're so... <laughs> they truly, they truly, truly are. I don't know what they're doing, um, but uh, my my point is that we went to this this movie the other night. The reason that Rob wanted to go was because Tuesdays is free popcorn night, and I think based on the last few movies I've seen with him, he kind of just he doesn't expect anything out of movies anymore. So he just goes in and and basically thinks what he's gonna get and and gets it. So every, every after like the past four movies in a row we've seen which have been pretty bad, we, we walked out and he's been like, I mean, that was good. It was what I expected. That's, you know, it did what it was supposed to. And it, he just has lowered his expectations and lowered his standards so much now in his 37-year-old self. But what what were the movies? <laughs> Taken 2, uh, the new Die Hard, um, this movie, and something else. But so we're at this uh, the internship. And I basically, mm-hmm. you know, I went to, people made, made a whole, the Onion made a whole big deal of this about how, Oh, this would be a great. This is the greatest movie of 2005 because, like, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn were in Wedding Crashers at the time or whatever. Uh, but uh, you know, whatever. That's fine. I, it, I look at it as kind of a reunion situation. That's fine. But we were at the uh, theater, and Rob goes to the reason he wanted to go on Tuesday was because he gets the free popcorn. So he goes up to the guy at the, the counter, and <laughs> the guy behind the counter is a, a younger guy. Uh, probably around 18 or so, 
and Rob was like, uh, can I get a small or yeah, can I get a small soda? And the guy was like, do you want to make it a medium for 50 cents more? And then Rob goes, well, what's the medium look like? No, 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 what's the small look like? And the guy shows him the small, and Rob goes, that's the small? And then the guy behind the counter goes, yeah, that's the small, that's the large, and that's the I hate my life. <laughs> what a great that guy, yeah, that's that's the best kid ever. That's, that's great. That's comedic gold right there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the I hate my life. Oh man, the kid was too young to be so jaded, but it was so funny. That's uh, that's that's New York right there. That's New York, man. <laughs> so what's going on with you, man? How's it going out in Dallas? Uh, not much. Not much. Pretty good. Pretty good. I got just another week of uh, Texas uh, weather, Texas style here, and I'm headed back east. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's been a, been a seven weeks, been a long time for me, and uh, looking back to get to the right coast, you know. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> you, when, when do you go back? Uh, I'm headed back next uh, Thursday. Yeah, I uh, got to do a couple of uh, sightseeing things last weekend. I went to the Believe it or not, we went to the Bush uh, Library Museum. Uh, you know your favorite place. I think you would really enjoy it. How was the uh, the McFlurry? <laughs> the McFlurry was was uh, was not bad, not bad at all. It was um, worth the, the price of admission. I would say it, it was very uh, technologically advanced. Uh, the museum. Oh yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me the most technologically advanced thing in that the Bush Museum. Okay, the coolest, most technologically advanced thing there was, like, um, they have this room uh, that's called Decision Points, where you go in there and there's computers set up. I thought you said broom. I thought you said the most technologically amazing advanced thing there is they have this broom. (laughs) Well, you know I like to go to certain places and just start sweeping things up. You know that. (laughs) <laughs> didn't you do that at a casino in Atlantic City? No, I did do that once. I did do that once. I picked up the broom, started cleaning things. I think I was out of my mind, but I, I became... Where did you have, like, an out-of-body experience? You were what? Yes, remember that? I, I had an out-of-body experience with the janitor, and I became the janitor that night. Remember? I think you, you went inside the janitor's body, and you two became one, and you started sweeping. <laughs> I didn't just start sweeping, remember? I did that for about you know, almost 20 minutes that day. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, if, I didn't, if I didn't snap out of it, I would have probably uh, started mopping the floors in the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe you would have gone so out of your mind you would have licked the toilet bowl clean. <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh, again, yeah, again. That's <laughs> you know, sometimes I sometimes when well, Atlantic City brings out the best of me, what can I say? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I said maybe you'll lick the toilet bowl sometimes when I was so scared just now. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the subject again. You're you're at the Bush Library, there's a broom. 
there's a broom, and I just I just started, you know, I wanted to use that broom to clean the place up, and uh, you know, I I went at it, and uh, I used that to really use my you know imagination. No, no, it, the best thing of that that whole thing is uh, this room called Decision Points room, mm-hmm. and uh, they have like thirty computers, and there's like major issues during the Bush presidency that you can pick from. It's extremely interactive. There's this huge screen that kind of like dictates, you know, what's going on. There's briefings from, you know, the headquarters, from national headquarters, from the State Department to Congress, you know, and you pick pick your issue along with the rest of the audience there, and they go through it, and it's supposed to tally the the audience's uh, reaction to certain issues, which already has happened, of course. So, you know, one of the most interesting things I found was um, a lot of people uh, picked the economy, the mess with the economy. And basically the decisions were either to give the bailout or not to give the bailout. And um, I found that a majority of people now, you know, with the hindsight that has happened, would have chosen to um, let the the banks fail, pretty much, to mm-hmm. make the big banks fail and not to give the bailout. And uh, I was extremely surprised to see that, you know. Uh, a little frightening, quite frankly, but... Uh, majority of people are are very bitter about that. Wow. So if that was frightening, I take it you did not vote that way? No. I, I you know, as much as I don't like it and uh, uh, as much as I like the reasons not to give the bailout money, I think it was absolutely necessary for the economy to survive, quite frankly. It's just, it's the only way to go, you know, in terms of what mm-hmm. most economists felt and American people, at least from what I saw in that small subsection of people going to that museum, would have chosen not to. Would have chosen for that mm-hmm. uh, sector of the economy to completely fail. Huh. Wow. All right. Well, that's, you know, that that doesn't sound that technologically advanced, sir. I mean, you're just no, walk in a room and press a button. <laughs> that's right. That's that's basically what happened. Yeah, they, no, no, they have like these advisors pop up on the screen and tell you what's going on and you know that kind of Wait, thing. Wait, is it that guy from the computer that you're talking about who pops out of the screen when you're whacking off? <laughs> yes, it was that guy. He comes on and gives you a briefing about everything related to the porn industry. And he's supposed to make a decision right then and there. Whether or not you want how does to he that. make his points? How does he point to things without his limbs? <laughs> he, he does it. He, he his face pops up there, so you know which 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 action to take based on when his face pops up. That's what you have to do. I think do. that this you know is kind I mean? of a uh, you know our show here that that we have here is more of a a series than it is episodic. So in order to truly appreciate this episode, you got to go back and listen to the others. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally agree. They go hand in hand. So you got to, and they keep building on each other. So they get even more and more hilarious. So you got to, you got well, to the they last have, one. No one, they don't have no idea what the hell we're talking about with the limbless guy in the screen. <laughs> well, it's my, it's my idea. Uh, this, this, this limbless guy on the uh, your screen to be your kind of like your porn advisor, you know, to to help you to help you guide guide your way through um, all your internet pleasure needs, you know, 
and he would make the situation as awkward as possible for you by, you know, just popping up on your screen during the most inopportune and, and awkward times of your life. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so let's let's move on. Was was there anything cooler than that before we move on? Um, there was also this um, uh, 3D uh, surround uh, pictorial that's on the wall. So actually, it was very cool. When you go, when you look above yourself, you can see you know this on this this screen people walking around you. It, is, it looks so real to me that uh, it was a little, a little frightening at first. So you know. You see, like, all these people walking around in the ceiling. Who are these people? Uh, just regular, you know, uh, people from different walks of life, you know, who were caught on the screen. And uh, I was like, what the heck? You know, they don't, they don't tell you that that's right above your head until you look up there and they're like, wow. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's uh-huh. interesting to go see. To go see um, and it's interesting to see how history not too distant history is playing out and how people see it and uh, how people may or may not remember it, you know? Yeah, uh, I hear you. Uh, well, it's still fresh in my mind, and it was not good, but let's move on to this. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's cool that you went to the thing, and uh, I'd be curious to see that all this, the crap that you're talking about sounds like you just went to Planetarium. Um, so there's... Uh, uh, I, I posted this link to our show tonight, and Tom Fogarty commented on it and said, I just had some scissor and can't wait to call in with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> yes, I can't wait for Tom Fogarty. He's, he's, you think he's, he's really he's, drinking he on that purple reason. drink with that promethazine? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. That purple uh, iserp? Oh, yeah. He, Tom <laughs> Fogarty is what I wait it's for Izzer, every week. Izzerp. You twizzerp. You twizzer. Scissor. Oh God. Uh, so I need to tell you. I'll start this story now. I don't know. I hopefully I'll get through it before it's time for the hot mess award. So, uh, John Weeks, um, when uh, we got this, excuse me, we got this email. <laughs> I forget. Forget I'm on the radio and just belch into the thing. Um, That's so, okay. <laughs> anything goes on the backstage show as we've evidence so far. So I'm at work. I'm eating my McDonald's now. I'm at work, and uh, Mike Torito comes up to me, and we're, you know, we're trying to get in shape, and, and he's, he's succeeded far more than I have in that regard. But he comes up to me and he's like, yo, Holmes, you get that email about that corporate challenge race? We should do it. Uh, you know, maybe that will motivate us to get in shape and stuff. And so I said, yeah, all right. So he was the enthusiastic one about it, and I was just like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. All right, maybe it'll be a good motivator or whatever. So I signed up. So everyone signs mm-hmm. up for this race. Forty people sign up. And the corporate challenge was last night. And uh, the day before, uh, guess who drops out of the race? Oh, my God. I'm not the guy who suggested it to you. Yes, the guy, Mike Torito, who suggested it to me. He dropped out, and he, like, did it on the DL, didn't tell no one about it. But I think he was, like, embarrassed that he wasn't in as good shape as he should be to run this thing, so he felt like maybe he would get a slow time or something. I don't know. So uh, so he drops out, and, and I'm stuck doing the thing, right? So, and and there's, there's this other guy at work who came up to me the other day, and he goes, you know what, I'm, 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 I think I'm just going to do it. I'm going to run. I'm going to do it. Ah. 
and I knew at that moment he was going to drop out. He dropped out too. Uh, so you got these two guys who dropped out that I'm friends with, and then you had the two girls that I signed up with, and allegedly they were supposed to be 40-something, I mean almost 40-something other people. And so it's me, this girl, Jessica, that we also call DJ, just in case I slip up later, and then this girl, Chandani, that we also call Crazy Nutcase, Nutjob Head. And, um, and so it's just the three of us from our department, um, and there's no Torito. So yesterday at work, you know, I'm just trying to like, I got this big headache yesterday and I, I'm like, I don't know if it was anticipation of the race, but I was like stressed out because I had only really trained the, for like three days before, like three days before the race I was running, but that was like it, um, aside from, you know, on and off working out. So, uh, I was at work and like, I was like, all right, let me just get through it and be done with it. But then towards the end of the day, uh, my colleagues start placing bets on who would finish first, second, and third amongst the three of us that were running. <laughs> and so I, I was totally thrown off by that. Like my mental went from bad to, to, to I don't know Donald Trump. It was so bad. My mental got so bad. So um, I like was so nervous at that point, and I was like, well, now I got to try because everyone put me last. Almost everyone had me come in third place. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I was, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I was a little hurt by that. I was, there, were, there were a couple of people that put me second, maybe one put me first. But I was a little hurt by that, and I was like, all right, so i got to go out there and prove that I can do this and try to beat these girls, um, which sounds ridiculous in itself. That's not nice. That sounds sexist now that I say that. I take it back. So uh, what happens is, there's so many things that happen. So there's the best going around. Then we take the train to Central Park where the race is. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we so we take the train to Central Park, and Crazy Chandani uh, was talking to me about how there were, like, we had orange bibs on. I guess they call those stickers when you wear the, the things you pin on yourself for the race with the numbers on it. They call them bibs. I didn't know that until yesterday. It sounds ridiculous. That's what they call them. So, Chandani was pointing out we had the orange bibs, and Jessica and this girl Robin had white bibs, and so we're on the subway, pack train, and Chandani turns from me to Jessica and yells out, Jess, I think the white people have a special starting place, and I just lost it. I started cracking up. Jess, the white people have a special starting place. She's saying in front of all these people on the train. And I immediately start cracking up. And then she starts laughing. And she tries to, like, walk back her comments or whatever. But then this girl, Robin, who's African-American, she goes, you don't need to tell me. I've been dealing with that all my life. (laughs) (laughs) So, So Chandani's, like, you know, offending people on the train. And then... We get to the park. I got to piss like a racehorse at the Kentucky Derby with a glue truck behind it. And so that's all I'm really concerned about the whole time. And where the hell am I going to go in the park? And it takes forever to get from the train to the, the starting point. We can't tell where the hell the starting line is. Um, and we go up to where we're supposed to start, like the, you know, us orange people. And the white people went where they were supposed to be. But I was with the orange people. And we were amongst other people from our job. Um, now, I've never seen these people before. I think that they were <laughs> mythical creatures. 
and and <laughs> remember I said that there were 40 people that signed up? There were only six yeah. other people besides us. Six. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it cost money for each person to run, too. So there were just, like, six. So there were, like, nine of us um, somewhere around there. And and Chandini turns to me and is like, I've never seen these guys before, except that midget right there in front of us. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she's just, like, yelling this out. But, you know, and we don't know this guy. We never talked to this guy. And uh, then we keep walking, and she turns to the pe- Now the, the other people from our firm are to our right, and I'm to her left. She turns. We're in the middle of talking, and she just immediately, out of nowhere, turns to the right and goes, Hi. And, like, that was her breaking the ice moment. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tandini. What's your name? And uh, we all introduce ourselves and whatever, right? And then we start running. Now, uh, we start running before the starting line. So we have no clue where – we still – we're running already. We don't even know where the race starts. We, you know, we're just following everyone else. And there's no room. There's thousands of people. There's no room to stretch. There's no room to t- – I needed to tie my shoes. Like, I'm, my shoes were tied, but they weren't tight enough. So I needed to tie my shoes, and I couldn't find any room to do it. No room to tie my shoes and no idea where the starting line was. No nothing. Um, then we start jogging, and Chandani and I are jogging next to each other. And I was like, well, what do we do when, you know, when one of us moves on and leaves the other behind? I don't want to, like – be mean and leave her behind, but I also really want to beat these fucking girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to beat these fucking girls. So that also sounds awful. So me and Shan, we're running next to each other, and then after about a minute and a half, she, she goes, and she starts walking, and, and then she like, she says, Let's dust these bitches. Talk like she talks like friendly to the people around us, and then turns to me. Let's dust these bitches, and then we start running beyond them. But then she starts walking again, and she's very winded. And she's like, "I shouldn't have brought this bag. This bag is weighing me down." And it was this little like pocket bag thing she had. So she had like her phone in one hand and a bag on her hip, and it was. She said it was like making her slower. So we we were running and. Um, she, she like, I just lost her at some point. And, she, and then I turn around and keep looking for her because I didn't want to be, you know, the guy who leaves his, his comrade behind in battle, um, a la MTV. So then she goes, go ahead, home, do your thing. So I just kept running. And we're going to pause it there. So we're right in the middle of the story there, and that's where we're going to pause it. So remember where we are after this week, okay? Okay, definitely, definitely. All right, so it's time to welcome the one, the only, the messy Tom Fogarty for the Hot Mess Awards. Tom, how are you? Waka, waka, waka. Yeah. Let's open it up. All right, so every week on the show we have Tom Fogarty to give us a list of things that ha- or people that are a bit hot and messy. Who have you got for us this week? Okay, well, uh, all you backstagers, 
I know you watched the Tonys this past week. Neil Patrick Harris has to lead off my list. He was about as good a hot mess as you can get. (laughs) Okay. Don't you think? I, I thought, I mean, I thought he was just hot. You think he was messy? Well, no, I mean, that's what I mean. Sometimes a mess is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's what I mean. He was all over the place. I mean, the shit that he made work that, you know, just had no reason to work, and yet somehow it did. I mean, Mike Tyson singing and dancing, hello. <laughs> Not only that, but dancing a completely different, completely different choreography from everyone else on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And then he sat down and he French kissed Sandy for about four minutes. So who's Sandy? Dog? The dog from Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was kind of hot. <laughs> I, would, I would think that would be the messy part, but I guess... Well, I guess it was there you go. Okay. Sometimes you get a real good hot mess when you put them both together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's right. Sometimes you just get five. <laughs> um, so first is Neil Patrick Harris. Who's your next one? The next one I gotta say, and this 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 one really got to me, and I know you can appreciate this. Have you been following uh, Cameron Douglas? You know Mike Douglas's son. No, but I just, I came across the name today, and I it sounded familiar. What is it? Okay, well he's it's probably because he has sent a couple essays to the Huffington Post. He's five years into his nine and a half year sentence on drug charges. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of boggles the mind, you know, that he's in for one owning up to it all and saying, yes, he did it for nine and a half years. And Lindsay Lohan, who I guess would be my third truly fucked up hot mess today, <laughs> just got to change rehabs to a fancier one that's like right on Malibu Beach. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? And meanwhile, this yeah. kid's like doing the time. So he's been quite elegant and put together in this essay. I mean, one of the things he said was, and I believe I can quote this, is instead of focusing on how many individuals this country can keep imprisoned, why not focus on how many individuals we can keep from coming back in? Yeah. Yeah. What a novel idea, right? Mm-hmm. So so yeah. I, I'm all over that. I mean, that just, I think he's, fucking amazing it's sort of the, the one positive thing that's come out of the Douglas family and and even that's coming from tragedy in the latest while but I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how <sighs> eating kitty can give you cancer I just <laughs> I mean you, you, get, you get some bad kitty food sometimes I guess I guess but you know, I was the first thing that I asked my wife was because it wasn't coming to me that it was the HPV virus that they were talking about. I was thinking like, well, you know, is that like vaginal cream really that fucking awful? <laughs> you know, the spermicidal jelly, the attack, you know, the the revenge of spermicidal jelly. <laughs> like, that sounds like whoa. a great great horror flick, The Revenge of Spermicidal Jelly. It is. Well, you know, because, I mean, women used to get cancers from the some of the early inner uterine devices, so it just sort of makes sense that this is tit for tat, or tongue for yeah. twat. I don't know. 
<laughs> Tongue for twat. I like that one. Tongue for twat. That's um, a good one. So, uh, that's you got to just sum it all up. <laughs> That'll sum up the hot message for the week, correct? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that can do that, too. Yeah, because I think inadvertently Lindsay Lohan got back in there. I mean, I, that's just, oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just skeevy at this point. Yeah. Just because skeevy. she, well, it's it's interesting you say that because on the new season of Arrested Development, they put the, when the mother gets locked up, uh, they put her in this, like, gorgeous rehab facility where they get their nails done. It's, it's just, it's probably yeah. the life that Lindsay Lohan actually has. Yeah. And you know how much you and I both love Miley Cyrus and the Beebs. I think people yeah, really I, just need to leave this shit alone about them possibly hooking up. They're just friggin' kids who are in the eye at that, like, kind of level. You know, they're, like, they're over the whole thing, and they can find themselves and do some just fun shit. But, no, everybody's, like, got to say, well, is that, you know, are they hooking up? Are they doing this? Are they? No, they're fucking 19-year-old kids who can blow off steam with one another. You know, just leave them alone. Yeah, Do you I think agree. that they're blowing, blowing off steam with one another by hooking up with each other? No. <laughs> no, I don't see it at all. I don't know. I, that's Child, Miley could break him in half. It's like a twig. Their haircuts are very similar now. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you saying? Maybe Miley's his beard? Yeah. Or maybe she's waka waka. Maybe she's transitioning, John Weeks. I'm trying to be I positive, think... and here you are trying to tear them down again. Because the thing is, you you tore the beads down not but two weeks ago for causing a ruckus in his neighborhood. Oh well, that yeah, that's a hot mess. That's a hot mess. I didn't take him off the list totally. He can still, you know, the ass hat can still be passed to him. <laughs> um, and moving on to the backstage uh, jack-off. Is it jack-off? Oh, I can't come no, again. It's a, it's a jerk-off. I can't come again. <laughs> Wait, did you... It's a jerk-off, did, right? Did you, jack-off. Have, you already, have you already ejaculated today, sire? Uh, excuse me? Let's move on. Okay, yeah. let's start with the, the first joke. Tom, you go. Oh, what are, am I starting with? The new list or the old list? The the the. How the about first one? Mm, ding ding ding! Two nuns are riding their bikes home down a path when one nun says, "I've never come this way before," and the other responds by saying, "It's the cobblestones." How apropos for the moment. John Weeks? Absolutely. (laughs) Half of American children under five are now minorities, or as Republicans call it, apocalypse now. Global climate change negotiations have broken down in Bonn, Germany, resulting in political chaos. Germans, chaos. Who would have thought? Tom? Huffington Post columnist Bonnie Brodnick wrote a piece called... How to Stay True to I Do. Her number one rule is forgiveness. Similarly, Hillary Clinton wrote her number one rule is allowing interns to give her husband a blowjob under the desk. (laughs) 
Smackdown week. <laughs> Irma Bombeck once said on marital success, long ago I forgave my husband for not being Paul Newman. Hillary Clinton said, long ago I forgave my husband for getting blowjobs by an intern under his desk. Um, <laughs> Weiss, it's all you, buddy. Oh, yeah. I noticed a headline today on the Huffington Post. Can Turkey still thrive? I thought to myself, Turkey will always have Thanksgiving, but what will never thrive is Tofurky. Soy is bad for you in large quantities. Wow, is this Groundhog Day? What? Is this Groundhog Day? <laughs> a little, little deja vu. Oh, wow. Uh, the world is getting smaller and hotter. White people argue that discrimination is no longer a problem. This is why I cannot stand white people. Ah, uh, more white people problems. Mm-hmm. Now that Plan B is available for minors, there's a whole lot of sexing going on down in their minds. <laughs> Ariel Castro pled not guilty to kidnapping, rape, and murder. In a related story, the season finale of Wizards of Waverly Place is tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's so lame, it's fabulous. (laughs) A A new Quinnipiac poll finds that when it comes to their favorite Asian food, white men prefer... Uh, transgender Thai cock. <laughs> With a little shimoli on the side. <laughs> Weaky minds. Troy Campbell, a social scientist at Duke University, says that the real villain in our society is a mixture of subtle sexism, cancer, and poverty. Funny, because I always thought our society's villain was a masked guy with a light sword who had James Earl Jones' voice. Do, 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 do. Man walks into a bar. What does he say? Ouch. <laughs> oh. a, a priest, a rapist, and a pedophile walk into a bar. He orders a beer. <laughs> What's the hardest part about strangling a little girl? What's that? Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's gross. That's a hot mess right there. Jesus, Weeks, where did you come up with this stuff? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, uh, Keanu Reeves' new flick, Man of Tai Chi, shows the actor in his most physical role since The Matrix. The fight scenes in this movie, however, are no match for Keanu's epic lifelong battle with acting. (laughs) <laughs> I love Keanu. He's so zen. Oh, I love him too because you know what? Have you ever seen that movie Hardball? Yeah. D- didn't you cry at that movie? Yeah. I did. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't he great in that movie? He, Keanu was great in that movie. Yep. Phenomenal. Yep. But last yeah, I night. Thought, <laughs> I thought you said phenomenal. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Jamominal. Jamominal. <laughs> Damn. Oh, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. Her name was Jamominal. 
<laughs> Last night, Donald Trump tweeted, just tried watching Modern Family, written by a moron, really boring. Writer has the mind of a very dumb and backward child. Sorry, Danny. In response, Danny Zucker, the writer, responded by saying, just tried watching Celebrity Apprentice. Stars a moron. Really boring. Star has the mind of a very dumb backward child. Sorry, Donnie. <laughs> what Go did Tommy the boy Joe. volcano tell the girl volcano? I don't know what. I love you. <laughs> hey, hey, John Weeks, do you like red clams? No, I can't stand my wife right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had sesame chicken for lunch. I was seeing quadratic equations for hours. <laughs> in Scrotum news. Oh, oh no. No, not in, in Scrotus news. <laughs> it's not Scrotus. In Scrotum news, human genes can't be patented. NSA response, we knew that shit weeks ago. <laughs> we got some more scrotum news for us, Tom? Oh, yeah, kneeling scrotum and praying to his lord and savior, Tim Tebow signed with the New England Patriots. Perhaps that prayer session between Bilicek and Tebow, the football gods will finally forgive him. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> Go Johnny Go. We wait. So the uh so the uh, Hasidic community in Williamsburg refuses to allow their women to use the Metropolitan public pool until a female lifeguard is employed, since it is considered in their culture to be disrespectful for their women to swim in the presence of men. Hey, Williamsburg and City, you know what I consider disrespectful? Sucking on baby penises after circumcising them. That's what Oh, Tom, Tom Fogarty, have you have you heard of it? these these babies are getting they're getting I mean all due respect to the, the culture but they're getting blowjobs when they're born to suck out the blood from the circumcision and then they're getting herpes and and croaking. Oh, oh god, that's gross. Really? Are these rabbis are blowing the babies? Oh, I'm never going to the 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 Schwitz again. <laughs> I'm schwitzing right now. Hey, uh, and, uh, what's Tom coming out in there? Shivers. I have some really interesting news for you, Ryan. <laughs> yes. Apple is rolling out something called iTunes Radio. You heard about this? I just yeah. heard about it. Well, this is great news because. In a pitiful attempt to stay relevant to your ever-increasing digitized society, we almost named our podcast Blaze and Rise Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have one more of the jokes. Uh, hey, what do you what do you call it when a wizard, a Samoan wrestler, and a gay thespian radio host discuss the implications of Somalia? over the course of four consecutive Blaze and Rye episodes. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Beating a 
Beating a dead horse, that's what you call it. Oh, <laughs> you say that's not dead donkey dick? <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but I'm glad somebody did. So, uh, Tom, are, are you, you're on that scissor right now? Are you, you're on that purple drink? Yeah. I got yeah, my drink man. in a cup. I got my drink in a cup. <laughs> you know, the first time that I had uh, the scissor, the promethazine when I had a cough, was freshman year of college, and I had that scissor because uh, it had the codeine in it from a cough or whatever. I was up all night worried about Michael Jackson. <laughs> was there anything Apparently. wrong with Michael Jackson at the time? I mean, I well, I think I was worried for good reason. He, you know, it wasn't too much longer. Uh, right. I, mean, I was right. up for a long time worried about that. I was just like, I was twisting and turning because it was right around the time that his 30th anniversary special came out, yeah. and I was twisting and turning, thinking, how did he go from that little boy to this, 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 what he looks like now, you know, and I was just like, how did that happen, and I was losing my mind, and it was all because of that promethazine, how, how are you feeling right now? How you doing? <laughs> um, and, uh, Tom Fogarty, you're going to get Wendy Williams on the show, Wendy Williams, from Laverne. From Laverne and Shirley. Oh, Wendy Williams. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> well, why don't we just say it's Wendy Williams and have you call in? <laughs> yeah, well, I could do that. <laughs> so one last thing. I'm a little surprised that in your Hot Mess Award you didn't include uh, the drunk boating incident with Aaron Brockovich. Oh, that was so <laughs> that was so sad. I mean, yes, we know there was cancer in that water now. Did you see her face? <laughs> yeah, what was up with that mugshot? Oh, I had the feeling she was, she's been like shit faced for not just a day or two, it looked like for weeks. <laughs> you know what? I woke up to that. That's the first thing I heard on Monday morning that Aaron Brockovich arrested for drunk boating, and I thought to myself, this is going to be a good week. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but poor dear, that's that's that is a real that's a mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a mess. Hoping... I mean, I can't kick somebody when they're down, and she's down. <laughs> she's down to uh, the count, and she started out, you know, she was in a good place as a whistleblower. But really, when you think of that, her life was threatened every step of the way on that. Once mm-hmm. that became such a big business, you know, so that's got to fuck with you. Yeah. Quite, Poor dear. quite a legal hero. Yeah, um, but really, that I almost wonder why mugshots like that even get released. I mean, who does that? I guess it's just public. I guess think all mugshots are public record because there's say there's this creep at work. There used to be this creep at work before he got fired, and he would walk around and just you would just creep on people, but he would also creep on the internet. And there was this really hot girl that started working at uh, uh, the firm, and so he googled her. And what came up was her mugshot. And under gender, it said M for male. And ever since then, I've been very uh, skeptical as to what gender she is. Huh. Shamalia. Yep. <laughs> She's a chick with a dick. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom Fogarty, thank you so much for calling in. I Ooh. love the, the, the scissor-infused folks. Love it. <laughs> you got it. Ciao, Belly. Thank right. you, sir. Have a Hello. good night, Tom. Hello. 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 <laughs> All right.
Tom Fogarty. <laughs> I was I don't know about you, but I was I was cracking up like the whole jack off just now. I was. That was amazing. <laughs> that whole that whole jerk off was great. Not because of the jerks. The jerks weren't. It was just Fogarty was out of her mind. Oh, Fogarty is the best female comedian of all time. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, uh, do, do I have the? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, while we're on that subject, and then I'll get back to the race. Uh, there's a, there's a a thing, uh, uh, an article on the Huffington Post today by Renato Barucco of the Transgender Family Program, and uh, he's making a commentary on this apparent bigotry in Lauren Hill's new song, which is called Neurotic Society. Have you heard this song? No, I have not, no. Okay, well, Lauren Hill says in this song, commerce and girl men run the whole world, man, quick scam and drag queens, real life's been blasphemed. Um, in a Tumblr post uh, responding to people accusing her of, of bigotry, um, as, you know, Lauren is wants to be accused of, uh, she said, Neurotic Society is a song about people not being or not being able to be who and what they truly are due to the current social construct. I'm not targeting any particular group of people, but rather targeting everyone in our society who hides behind neurotic behavior rather than deal with it. So then this guy, uh, Renato Barucco, responds by saying, um, while I truly believe that Ms. Hill did not target any particular group of people, including LGBT communities, uh, sorry, that sounded like LGBTP. I meant <laughs> LGBT communities. Uh, I don't know who the P would be. Not only did her comments not clarify the use of certain expressions, but they confirmed a judgmental standpoint on alternative forms of gender expression, Girl, men, and drag queens are examples of persons who hide behind neurotic behaviors, question mark. And the article is called You, you Lost One, uh, which is a reference to Lauren Hill's song, You Lost One. And uh, I just wanted to say, John, we, what the fuck have we been doing the last, like, four episodes? What, what were we thinking? How, how could you let me talk about that shit? We, neither of us even thought, well, we could be offending a whole ton of people right now. That's true. That's true. We, <laughs> I think especially our last two episodes, we really delved into the topic. I don't, well, you know, I can see how it is offensive to some people, but on the other hand, we're raising this topic, you know, in terms of our, our events here. This is a big topic to us. We're raising awareness about it and, and, you know, we're at least talking about it. I don't think, I'm not trying to be offensive about it. I don't think we, either of us are. I think it's actually something interesting to talk about, you know. So I mean, you know, I I think it's it's a good thing to talk about, you know, this 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 Shimalia. and uh, you know, it's, it's something that's, something that's, something that's so central to the 21st century that I think it's become the, our defining, you know, our best defining characteristic. Well, in listening. <laughs> What? What did you just say? What about our <laughs> um, So I, when I listened back to to the last episode, I was like, "Wow, I sound like a real jackass at some point." Because it sounded like I could see how people could take what we were saying to mean that I was freaked out by the idea of transgendered individuals. But what I was saying, I was freaked out by 
was that my friend dropped this this bomb on me, this news on me, and I was mm. attempting to process it through this venue with you. Um, and it was it had to do with you know my friend, and not to do with people being who they truly believe they are. So you know, I hope people didn't take it that way. But you know, I could understand if they did. Well, I mean, you know, that's and that's how I process that. As when you were talking about it, it was more like your interaction with your friend and it's a discussion between you and I about it. It's not really, uh, and we may have, you know, whenever you have people talking about things that we're not hundred percent familiar with, there's always some kind of bias, but it's not a bias based on hatred or discrimination, which Lauren Hill's uh, lyrics may have been, you know, we're more about just discussion, discussing it. I think that's a great <clears throat> service to the world, quite frankly, because people don't talk about it enough and we have this forum to do so. So I think it's, and you know, we're doing it based on, you know, Nothing but kindness, and uh, you know, it's, it's based on you know a little bit of comedy. So it's not like we're targeting uh, individuals to just make fun of them. No, that's not what we're doing. I think we're we're discussing things, you know, and out of that comes comedy, and you know, the kind of likeness of the topic. You know, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. All right, Michael Richards. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, no, I, I think what you said is absolutely. Valid. Um, uh, but I do apologize if anyone was offended. I hope not. If you were, then then holler at me. Holler at your boy. Let me know. Um, holler uh, if you were laughing or, or if you found it wonderful. Let me know. Uh, so we are back at the races now, John Weeks. We're, we're, we're back at the races oh, yeah. with the races. Yeah. And <laughs> so Tanzany's like, go ahead, home, do your thing, because that little bag that must have weighed about 25 ounces is weighing her down, right? And, <laughs> and so I ran ahead of her, and she was mad-winded. So I ran ahead, and I was like, my shoes, remember, my shoes still weren't tied properly. So they were just, you know, I'm jogging with my shoes. I feel like I could be going faster if my shoes are tied tighter. So then I was like, should I stop? Should I not? What if, what if Jessica beats me if I stopped for a second to tie my shoes? But I had to, so I stopped, tied my shoes, and it, running in a race is really fucking annoying because you have all these people passing you, and that was really bothering me. So, you know, I would run, and I, I would kind of, it was hard to just jog the whole time. So I would sprint, and then I would walk, because what happens is when you start walking, a ton of people start running, and then it's just, there's thousands of people, so you got to, when you start sprinting again, you got to zigzag in and out of people. Um, so, so it just is easier to sprint through them rather than jog behind them and get slowed down. And I'm trying to beat these ladies, trying to beat these ladies up here. So, we, <laughs> um, oh, also there was only one water station along the way, like 3.5 mile race. You would think there would be more than one water station. Oh my, There's one water one? station. Uh, oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. Just, just one time. And it was like after mile one. So by the time you got to mile three, you thought you were going to die. <laughs> That's um, terrible. So, yeah, it's terrible. So I keep running. Um, also, our T-shirts were so stupid. It said on the back of them, you're lucky this isn't, no, it said you're lucky this is, wait, what the hell did it say? You're lucky this is a trial run or you're, whatever makes sense. You're lucky this isn't a trial run. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I was ashamed to wear that. <laughs> that does sound pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, such a stupid fucking 
joke. So then I get to the, the finish. I see, like, the finish line in sight, and I'm like, I'm shocked. I can't believe I actually survived it. It was kind of like the feeling when we touched down back in uh, – uh, Queens after we got back from, from Roswell, Georgia that one time. I could not believe I actually survived. And when I crossed the finish line, the time on the clock said 56 minutes. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks, but I guess it's okay. Um, but then I got a text from this five-digit number, and I'm like, who the hell is this? But then it was a text saying what my time was. So I didn't realize mm-hmm. when you – they time you from when you cross the finish line, not from when we started jogging, you know, behind the finish line. So – my time was actually 41.09, which I feel oh, like, wow. you know, I'm the, I'm the fattest I've ever been. I'm the most <laughs> out of shape. I'm, I'm older, way older than the last time I did this uh, kind of thing when me and Danny used to run the 5Ks in New Haven on Labor Day. I'm way older, whatever. So um, I figured, well, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty decent time for right now at this juncture in my life. Um, yeah, I'd, that's pretty I'd good. Like get, yeah, so I'd like to get fatter, but I feel like that was, you know, that was satisfactory. Um and uh, when we get back to, well, it, I also, it actually finding our group, like where our firm was supposed to meet in Central Park, took longer for me than the race itself. I got so lost uh, trying to find everyone. <laughs> and then Chandani actually got lost too, so no one knew what the hell we were doing. And um, finally just randomly came about them. And other people in the park, John, had... They had pizza and hoagies and picnic baskets. You know what we had? What? Watermelon and Gatorade. Oh! <laughs> That's terrible. What? <laughs> everyone else is like, thank you to the HR ladies. And Chandani goes, really, this is it? Like, But she didn't say this to me. She said this to me. Like, really? This is, this is all... And they had a few uh, nut nut mix bars too. So nut mix bars, watermelon. And you know what they even said? Does anyone want to take a watermelon home? Like a massive, gigantic fuck watermelon. And I think the little midget dude that Chantony was talking about, I think he took it home because he lived in that area. And you know, meanwhile, we have no idea how to interact with these people. They're not even real. They're mythical creatures that only come out to run. Uh, and then um, the, the the HR people say, after the whole cheapskate thing with the watermelon, then they turn to us and say, uh, so if it, um, so, we're gonna head to this bar uh, on the west side, uh, right beyond the park. So if you want to put your car down, open up a tab, go ahead. I, what's this, you know, it's the same, if you want to put your card down, open up the tab. What? what who, why would you even say that? Yeah, I mean, no it's, it's a billion-dollar law firm, you know? Aaron Brockovich, Aaron yeah, Brockovich, yeah. billion-dollar law firm. That's so bad. It's like, if you guys want to go go out, take yourselves out, go right ahead, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So if you guys want to go put your cards down, open up some tabs, and, and why did she just assume that nobody has cash anymore? I mean, maybe it's like me assuming that nobody calls anymore, but then people still do. <laughs> the watermelon is just bad. That's just so. Come on, dude. No, you're gonna, you're gonna get some sandwiches or something. Some sandwiches. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's bad and it's racist, is what it is. <laughs> it is. It's extremely racist. Oh my god. When you when you say sandwiches, are you talking about bad Santa? 
Yes, that's that's right. That's right. Isn't that the greatest movie ever? It's, it, it is. Aren't they making a, a sequel too? I think they are. Are they? Yes. Who's did I who's did I see that with you in, in Connecticut? Were you there? No, no, I didn't see that with you. No, no, no. But uh, uh, that, that I is, think it was uh, Jesus and, and Mandrew. Oh, Mandrew! <laughs> did you see that in the theaters, Bad Santa? Uh, yeah, no, I did not. No. Okay. So anyway, uh, great movie. Moving on. Uh, to, with the race things, so I'm not done yet. So that was, uh, you know, if you guys want to go and 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 take yourselves out, feel feel free. Go right ahead. Um, so then we leave. We walk to the train, and everyone is so disoriented that like Jessica and um, Chandani, they're trying to go west, and I'm trying to go east. And and at some point, I just realized like, wait a second, if you're trying to go west, I'm trying to go east. You guys are going the wrong way. So, uh, you know, I have no sense of direction usually luckily i did last night and, and we eventually found our way um to the train uh, and then this morning i go into work now keep in mind my time is 4109 right remember that 4109 okay oh and also sorry I, I meant to tell you that jessica beat me she came in at 38 minutes and 40 seconds and chandani came in at 59 minutes Okay, so I, I came in, I, I came in second. Although I'm, I'm still bitter about not beating Jessica. Um, I think Jessica so, cheated. I think she cheated. <laughs> you know what? There was this little like pathway that you could have like cut through during the race, and I feel like she cut through the pathway. <laughs> well, that's that's why she that's why she started slowing down. That's why that's what she did. I think she cheated. She cheated. No, that was. That was Chandani that slowed down, and Jessica's the one that beat me. Chandani's the one that slowed down. <laughs> yeah, no, Ch- Chandani came in like three hours later, looking like <laughs> with, with, I don't know, Kevin Costner in Waterworld. No, I don't. She she she, uh, she was fine, um, but she she finished. So it was Jessica was thirty eight minutes and forty seconds. I was forty one minutes oh nine seconds, and Chandani was fifty nine minutes. Uh, almost an hour. So I go into work today, right, Sean Weeks? Mm-hmm. I go into work. I go right. in there. Um, and uh, Mike Torito, remember, this is the kid that dropped out. Now, somebody must have been wearing his bib because he says to me today, Yo, Holmes, I got a text today that I finished the race in a terrible time, 39 minutes? <laughs> So whereby I then, I I then walk away from him, and 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 our colleague Matthew Eskew, I walk away, and then I come back, and I lean over by their desks and I say, "Listen, assholes." Okay. <laughs> I say, "Listen, assholes," and then I I listed all all of our times, right? DJ, me, and Chanty, and um and uh. Like, uh, uh, then, uh, Torito said, emailed him and said, no, man, you said you were going to do something and you did it. I'm the real loser or whatever. But he said that in an email, not in real life. In real life, he's saying, oh, I got a terrible time, 39 minutes. And so, so when I walked back, I was like, yeah, which according, I got, I was 4109, which according to Torito is terrible. And then Matthew Eskew goes, you know, sometimes Torito's not very good with words. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dorito Burrito with the Doritos. So then uh, I, I go back to my desk, and uh, Jessica comes in uh, looking like Kevin Costner. And I don't even get that reference. I never saw Waterworld. So I, I, so I, I, like that, I like that reference. So I'll change it to Kevin <laughs> Hopper in Water, Waterworld. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of my uh, workplace, last time you said that my workplace was being handled in a medieval manner. Uh, we, yeah. And interestingly enough, since then they have implemented jousting over who gets a spot in the refrigerator, and they're also offering a free <laughs> night cheering banner with any purchase of $50 or more, and that's getting free this Sunday. Are you serious? <laughs> what? That is, that, is, that is medieval. That's medieval. Um, so then... Uh, the the other uh, thing I want to touch on um, before we go. By the way, last week when I asked you to ask Fogarty for his last uh, hot mess thing, and and you you eventually asked him, and he goes, "Wow, don't hurt yourself there now." It was like you were thrust into some sort of position that you 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 could not get yourself out of, and and it was like a a Pinterest pause before you finally got the words out, and they came out. All muffled and crazy. What what was going what was going through your head at the time? I remember that. I re- actually I remember that pretty well. Because <laughs> so, when Fogarty said that, I started laughing and I didn't know what to say. I was like, "What the heck?" Fogarty is amazing. She, she's just too too great. She's great. People say she looks like a wizard. <laughs> of Waverly Place. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then this is this is another issue I want to address with you. Now, there, there's a group of, of kids that I hang out with at work, and I call them the kids because they're all they're all younger than I am, um, considerably. Uh, you know, between 22 and 24 or so, and we uh, will go and hang out usually on Thursday nights or whatever. Um, and there's one, one, I'd say probably my best friend at work, uh, is B Marsh. I've mentioned him to you before, Brandon. Um, right. and, uh, his name's, middle name's Marshall. So we call him B Marsh and B Marsh's birthday was last week. So shout out to B Marsh. Happy birthday. Uh, and he had a party in Williamsburg at, uh, this place called Berry Park because it had a rooftop and it was nice and, you, you know, um, I invited Julian. Julian came. Uh, it was nice. So, Julian. Uh, so B. Marsh <laughs> uh, said that he invited some of the kids. You know, so I said, "Oh, which ones?" And then he told me, and I thought, "Oh, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's that's a good group." And I, but I'm kind of wondering about this kid Ethan that we always hang out with because Ethan is always hanging out with us. Um, and I didn't say anything about it because it's weeks. It's not my place to tell the birthday boy who to invite to his birthday. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's right, yeah. You're considerate so in that regard. He yeah, just says the kids that he invited, whatever. Um, I met up with one of the kids beforehand, and, and we hung out, and I took I took the young lady to a bar. Does, don't I sound very pedophilic right now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I Suchi, who is of age, and I, we, we, we go to this bar in Williamsburg. Oh, and then... My friend Adam Zion comes in the bar, and he's like, hey, Holmes, I knew you'd be here. And I was like, wait, because this is a different bar from the party. So I'm like, 
how the fuck did you know I would be here? And he was like, I figured you always liked this bar, so I figured you'd be here. And I was like, that's amazing. We have that connection. And then let me find out that he tells me like 10 minutes later that he was lying and that he had to go there anyway to meet his friend. <laughs> well, that was really disappointing. Yeah. So, if, so basically everyone is there uh, from the kids that can make it except Ethan. Um, and uh, then on Monday when we came in, uh, Jessica had mentioned that she had met Adam Zion because uh, uh, it was the first time that they had met. They always heard the name because he's, he's our old colleague at work and our old friend. And, um, but he's not there anymore. So Ethan was like, wait, where, how did you meet Zion? Where were you in a position to meet Zion? And then she was just like, oh, I was with B. Marsh. And then, like, Jessica and I turned to each other like, uh-oh. And at some point, Ethan found out that B. Marsh had a birthday party. And B. Marsh was, like, over there at the time. And he was like, wait, w- would you have come? And Ethan was like, yeah, probably. And he was like, oh, I, I didn't know. Like, I'm, what did he say? <laughs> B. Marsh said, if I had known you wanted to come, I would have invited you. And I was like, that's the worst thing you could say. Right? You that. Like, if I had known that you desired to be at my – and then I was like, well, that's the worst thing. And he said, why is that a bad thing to say? And I said, because it needs to be about what you want for your birthday or whatever. Right. So then today, he's still upset about this, this whole thing, uh, that he was, wasn't included. <laughs> On the invite. So today he's like he keeps making these little quips like uh like like uh, like uh like 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 there used to be a kid in high school Nico Banaku would say like like have you ever measured your cock like 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 uh so Ethan turns to us and he's like oh it's nice to be included in something or whatever these little these little quips and that reminded me today there's this kid named Jack that's just sits next to Ethan, and he, like, never talks except for, like, to make fun of Ethan, like, once a day, and and so Ethan, Ethan today kept saying, Jack always chirps in at the wrong time. He keeps chirping in at the wrong time. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't say that, no, no, don't say that, man, no, no. He said, you keep chirping in, and I was like, it's timing, are you idiot? I'm chirping. <laughs> and then he, and then Jack was like, "You're the one that's chirping." Uh, and <laughs> so, so then, um, what did I say? Oh, then he's like, he's saying that he's not that mad at Beemar. She's not mad at the birthday boy. He's more mad at the ones who hang out with him all the time, which would be the rest of us. And I kept telling him it's not our place to invite people. It's the birthday boys decision who he wants at his thing, you know? I, I, I don't get invited right. to stuff. I can't be upset about it. Um, right. If it's their birthday, you've got to respect that that's what they want to do. Uh, and he was just like, no, but I, I still think I blame it on everyone. I still blame it on everyone. <laughs> and then I, I, at some point I said, you cannot control other people. You can only control yourself. And then he right. said, he said, I can try to control. And I said, no, you can't contrive. So you can try to control anything. <laughs> and I think that's where we ended it. So hopefully he's gotten over this shit by now. Because it was, honestly, it was just like in a little oversight. And it, it was it, um, it was not intentional that he wasn't invited. You know, it was just like a, he, he's taking it way too personally is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's what it sounds like. It's taking it to a whole new level. He's 
not it really affected him for some reason. I don't understand. And it's bothering him. He's bitter about it. And secondly, he's not going after uh, B. Marsh. He's going after you guys. And he's he's got like this grudge now. It's it's it makes no sense. You you're right. You you have no place to influence the birthday guy boy uh, to make his invitations. You don't have that ability. And uh, so it, he's pointing the finger at the wrong person. And uh, he sounds strange. This guy who keeps chirping up is uh, he's the right <laughs> bird to. Uh, to catch there, he's he's making fun of a. Uh, he, he's good. He should be making fun of this kid. You know what? That that kid. <laughs> <He's a> kid. <laughs> he, you keep chirping up at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it, it, often when whenever he chirps up. Ethan will be making these crazy arguments that, that are like, he's so dead wrong, and then everyone will be arguing against him, and then it'll be the only time the entire day Jack says a word to anyone, and he just starts, like, just beating up verbally on Ethan. It's so funny, because he's, like, he's quiet the rest of the time. Kind of seems like a serial killer. <laughs> but, but a good serial killer, you know? <laughs> yeah, like the kind of serial killer that kills Captain Crunch. And uh, right. the <laughs> cornflakes falling on your head in Burbank. Um, oh so, my God! Yeah, so no, I, serious, I, serious. I feel like we're in the right there, right? We are not responsible for having invited him. We, it wasn't our party. It wasn't our place. Right. Not your. Yeah, exactly. Not your party. Not your place. And not not your fault. So uh, he's got he's got he's pointing the blame to the wrong person, and uh, he's gonna get himself in trouble. He's, he's he sounds a little maniacal to me. He sounds a little. Uh, not not all there. You gotta be careful about this guy. Is uh, does he have wings? Does, does he does he have feathers? Is he a bird? No, no. You're confusing him with you when you dress up in the chicken outfit and fly over yeah, the truck with right. um, Oh, speaking of this whole forgetting to invite people thing. Um, by the way, we 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 love Ethan. Otherwise, I wouldn't have just devoted the last like 20 minutes on the radio to him. So I hope he doesn't get offended right. by this because he should. You know, hopefully he's he's honored and flattered and just smitten with the whole program tonight. Um, exactly. You will be. You will be. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so <laughs> uh, when I was back in New Haven two weeks ago, guess who I forgot to to let know that I was there. Who was it? Was it Jesus? Jesus? Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, what, no. I don't know what got into me. What got into Christy? None of us thought. And the <clears throat> the weirdest thing about it was that I met that that fucker birder, that bird fucker. Remember that guy? <laughs> bird fucker. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember so I that the guy. Bir- the bird fucker that's trying to holler at Christy on the, on the the mountains while White Mainstreet <laughs> cheesing it up at work. I'm telling you, I don't trust this bird guy, this bird fucker. So the birder guy, um, he was with us, who's who's friends with Jesus, and has gone birding with Jesus, but not Jesus. And no, like no one thought, oh, let let's tell Jesus to come out. And I have no idea why. And so Chris, I, what happened? A few days ago, and this is like two weeks after I've been back. Uh, Jesus texts me, you uh, you were in New Haven, bro. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It was that yeah. bird. That bird fucked told him. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. And so I texted back. Like, it took me a while to think of what to write because I felt mm-hmm. so awful. And I was like, 
but the only thing that made it feel okay, kind of, was that he said bro. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe he's still kind of being humorous at this point because the whole bro thing right. in Jersey. So I was like, yo, I fucked up, man. I'm I'm really sorry. I I, I was in town really briefly, and I should have hollered. I'm 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 really sorry. I'm an idiot. And he said, like, no worries, bro. But I was terrified. Like, I thought he was going to just drop me as a friend. But then I realized, no, that'll happen when he hears all these shows. But, uh, <laughs> but no, nah, like, I, I felt really, uh, really bad about that. So, I mean, if I can forget to invite one of my best friends that I've known since middle school, then B-Marsh can forget to invite Ethan, who he's known for a couple months. Right, right, exactly. I mean, and... It wasn't your fault. You just forgot, you know. It's just it happens, and you know, uh, you know. Next time we we all got to get together and you know hang out, you know. And, and you know we're all busy. He just knows that, and so we got to hang out. We got maybe we'll, maybe we'll go birding one day. One day, forty years from now, maybe we'll go birding again. <laughs> Do you think that any of us are gonna live another forty years <laughs> after what happened? After after what happened, I don't think so. But you know, if we ever do go birding again, it'll be on my terms this time. I'm gonna pick the birding spot, and I'm gonna pick the birds that we watch. And I just I, I'll be and I'll I'll be watching you. <laughs> You'll be up in the chicken costume in the trees with your binoculars and parachute. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, last order of business. You, John Lee, speaking of birds, last week you said that you have problems when you go out cockfighting. Now, you were implying that you fight the cocks yourself. How do you manage that? Because I'd imagine constantly beating on a cock could be quite hard. <laughs> it can be quite hard and, and, and very painful sometimes when you you beat on the cocks for a long time. But beating on the cocks is... is uh, it's more of an art than a science. It's uh, you got to really know your cocks very well, and uh, you got to know what goes, what work goes into it. And gathering the cocks is very important, and and get getting the cocks in one place, and um, you know beating them is very important too. So you got to know everything about beating the cocks. So it's it's something that I've studied for a long time and uh, have become real an expert on on, on beating the cocks, and. Uh, you know, you know, it's it's a secret that I, I got to keep keep to myself. You know, and I've worked on it for a long time. <laughs> Wait, but how do you keep to yourself when you say you need to have a bunch of cocks around to beat? <laughs> it well, sounds you know, like you're you going know, from circle jerk to to just self. <laughs> Continue. No, no, there's only there's only one 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 cock that you really got to be concerned about. When you're when you're talking about that, but uh, you know that's that, that's what you got to focus on here, you know, and and um, you know I've I've become a real master at it, so you know you know. <laughs> you <need> to... <laughs> uh-huh. So what what we've done the last couple episodes at the end is discuss uh, Amanda Bynes and what's going on with her. So I've just looked her up on Twitter, and uh, Stewie Griffin tweeted. Amanda Bynes has lost it. Court dismissed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. Um, a tweeter named Evil Mike Tomlin tweeted, "The heat looks sloppier than Amanda Bynes' vagina." 
Tweeted, Brit- Elijah Daniel tweeted, Britney Spears, you need to have a talk with Amanda Bynes. That is, at the guy with no life on Twitter tweeted that. Um, oh, I love this one. Common black girl on Twitter tweeted, if you can't handle me and my Amanda Bynes, you don't deserve me and my Beyonce. <laughs> Amanda Bynes tweet um, and then go to actually see what she's tweeting. Um, none of these are funny. Uh, oh, Betty fucking White tweeted, why does Amanda Bynes take so many pictures of her mirror? All right, and let's look at the last. Bynes? She's the mind's name. <laughs> what was your favorite scene in She's the Main Again, Main? Oh, when the uh, <clears throat> the robot uh, falls into the lava, and all you see is his thumb, you know, sticking up from the molten lava, the melting melt in the melting plant, and he's like, um, "Let's kick some ice." <laughs> that was her greatest role. Okay. As uh, so, you know, William Shakespeare in the in the Terminator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yesterday, or we're gonna go through Amanda Bynes' last few tweets for the last five minutes of the show. Amanda Bynes tweeted yesterday: "This is my Twitter. I say whatever I want. Thanks." <laughs> then she says, "I'm so looking forward to recording my album and going on tour. I can't wait to see you all at my concert. That's gonna be tough because." You're going to have to drag a dead corpse out on stage every concert. Um, for those asking, knocking on wood, she doesn't actually die now. Uh, she says, for those asking, I'm voicing my opinion. I've been asked if I do drugs. I don't do drugs for the last time. Now, hold on. That tweet makes no sense. For those asking, I'm voicing my opinion. I've been asked if I do drugs. I don't do drugs for the last time. That, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. She's saying, like, it's almost like she's saying, I don't do drugs the last time. Like, like I will do drugs again because this wasn't the last time in that sentence. But the first part is even worse because <laughs> she says that that's her opinion. It's her opinion that she's never done drugs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's, oh, my gosh. She's got reality totally, you know, messed up there. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe she has that dissociative disorder that some people have. Uh, Ten hours ago, she says, if you don't like how I talk about you, period, not comma, if, if, I don't, if you don't like how I talk about you, that's the whole sentence. Then she says, figure out why I'm talking about you in that way, exclamation point, winky face. Then eight hours ago, she says, I could never marry a German because I'm Jewish. <laughs> oh, my that's, God. That's fucked up. And then the, yeah. the most recent one was three hours ago, and she says, don't be greedy with what's not yours. So that's what's going on in the world of a mind of mind, mind. Mind of mind. My favorite part in She's the Mind is when uh, a mind of mind is, it's like it's her first time shaving as a kid, and her, her parents uh, left her at home by herself, and she takes the aftershave and smashes it on her face and goes, oh, 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> my my other favorite part, in the, and she's the main main. It was uh when the, when she's in the New York Public Library and the two guys with ghost packs on are, are going to the, the basement in the library and they find her reading a book and then she screams uh-huh. at them. Do you remember that part? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> That's the best. That is the best. <laughs> that was the best scene of She's the Main. <laughs> you know what my other, my second favorite scene in She's the Main is when she runs into an old uh, high school uh, uh, comrade on the, on the street corner when she's about to cross the street, and she just goes, Ned Ryerson, and punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite scene, and she's the main man. Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> you got one more oh, before man, we got, go? Got... What? You got one more favorite scene before we go? Yes, yes. I love that scene where Amanda Bynes is uh, sitting in the chair on the spacecraft, Nezra Kinezra, and uh, she's plugged in, and she learns Kung Fu, and she wakes up, and she's like, I know Kung Fu. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hey, John Weeks, great show. I had a lot of fun. Great show. Me too. My pleasure and my yeah, pleasure and honor, as always. Pleasure and honor. Um, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a, a, a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards. Strip her off them clothes, leave her in some drawers somewhere, and burn her knuckles on the stove. Also, hey, go record a podcast, everybody. Good night. Good night, Weeks. Good night. Good night.